LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanna. I'm going on strike today, Derek, so you can do the intro, mate. Oh, goodness You've me. You've upset me just in the pre, oh. pre-opening. You've upset me, so you can do the welcome, please. Oh, just the pressure to feel as well. Welcome, is that how I do it? Welcome to The One Thing. This is a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every week. How did I do? You did all right. We've, we've been already recording a couple episodes, and Derek just struggles to just read what's on the page. In front I, don't of like, anyway. I don't like just doing what's in front of me. Now, The One Thing is brought to you thanks to the Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network. We're also part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. We'd encourage you to check out their network page. There's a whole bunch of great podcasts on there. But for now, you've pressed play on episode number 85 of The One Thing. Mission planning. All right, mission planning. Uh, so, Scott, you've, with Rich Australia, this year particularly, you've been, and Rich Australia Conference this year, did a lot of work in how it is you uh, mobilise the whole church, both to mature and to be on mission. And one of the hardest things, I think, just when you're in ministry, week by week, the grind, is not just dealing with the pastoral things that are in front of you, but planning ahead not just the next one, three months, but the whole year to work out how it is that we uh, consider and mobilize God's people who we are leading to reach the lost and not just you know maintain the wheel. So that's what you're going to be talking to us about today. But can you just, just as we start today, can you define for when we talk about mission calendar, what are you talking, or mission planning, what are you talking about? Yeah, well, it's different to people just doing mission in groups. Um it's thinking about how the whole church, how the whole group can be on mission. So I think we've got a tendency to uh, promote and want you know, every individual to be sharing the gospel with their friends, which is true. We, we do want that. I think 1 Peter is really clear on that. We want, to, want everyone to have an answer uh, for the hope that they have in Jesus Christ. Uh, but this is different. Mi- mission planning for the, the, the body of Christ, for the whole church, this is what we're wanting to talk about today. So, of course, that involves individuals. But it actually trades off on the the power of of the group dynamic that we have, you know. So I think um, you know often we talk of church as family, but and that then tends us to move towards sort of organic relationships and think things happen haphazardly. But if you're part of a big family like you know our family, I've got four girls, as you know. We've got our, our chores on the wall. What's happening in our week? We've got a whole bunch of orderedness. Uh, in our communities, you know, it, it doesn't happen organically to get four girls out of the uh, house. So when I'm talking about the mission calendar, I'm talking about how can we how can we get the whole body working? And that requires a system, that requires structures, that requires us thinking how we actually mobilise each one, but also the everyone as well. Just to clarify, you're not talking about replacing the idea of me as an individual sharing the gospel. It's not superseding, not replacing that. It's something that, that thinks about the whole as well as the individual and how all the pieces work together. Yeah, and I th- one of the things I keep seeing around as I visit churches and as I do consulting is I see that we've got calendars and they're full and they just keep getting fuller. And we, we need to, I think, start by asking the question, how can mission drive our calendar? So when I say mission calendar, I guess I'm saying every church has a calendar. Let's just put mission in front of it and let that actually drive the events that we put on and actually the events that we probably need to take out of uh, the already busy schedule. All right, that's good. So let's dig into that then. Um, where do you start when you're talking to churches and what have you seen works well when people build a mission calendar? 
Yeah, so the first thing that I do generally is I, is I actually say, let's just map out and put all the events um, that we've currently got you know, on the page. And then I, I want them to see how those events can connect and build momentum for mission. So you're not talking about just outreach events, you're talking about every event in talking the Talking about every event, because there's, there's a whole bunch of events that we already do that can be uh, more mission-driven and more mission-minded. In fact, they could be moved and put on at a different point in time uh, just by just by shifting the timing, by shifting the next step that comes out of those events to actually build momentum for your, your conversion engine. Um, so, uh, I mean, two, just every church has Christmas and Easter. They are generally two big points uh, in the life of a church. Now, if you're a church plant, probably less so because you don't have the building. And if you're a church plant, a lot of you know new core team, launch team members will, will actually go to probably back to their old church or they'll go to their families. But once you're an established church, those those two calendar dates uh, are generally you know larger than larger than other um, other times in the year. Generally, that's a Christmas Eve or it's a it's a Good Friday. They're generally two uh, big points in the year. The other sort of big point, high point in the year often is a Mother's Day or a Father's Day. They, they're generally, you know, we'll see, you know, higher levels of people actually coming to church. So why is that? Uh, well, I, I, we are still a fairly Christian nation. I know we're a secular nation, but still 55% of the population ticks Christian. And so there is still a sense that on those days we um, we go to church. I actually think there there is a whole. Well, I don't think uh, the data says that there's a whole group of people who are spiritual uh, and who don't go to church. And so that's the that's the time that you do go to church. Uh, so so we need to make use of those um, events. We need to have them in our calendar. Now, they're already there in our calendar. So all right. So you've laid out everything the church has got on there. You've identified for the context they're in, established or planning with the big big rocks like Christmas or Easter or Mother's Day, Father's Day. What do you do from there? Yeah, so uh, let me talk about uh, a few different events on your uh, on your calendar. So we talk about contact events, we talk about connection events, we talk about the conversion engine, we talk about your sermon series, and then we talk about the life of the church. Uh, now that you've got all those events on, it's important to categorise those events. So contact events. What do I mean by that? They're they're big events that are seeking to make a whole bunch of noise about your church. It could be a kids club, uh, it could be a carols events that that's tied in with a, a community event. Uh, it could be, um, it could be a, a local markets that every year you do, I don't know, first aid for or a, a great barbecue. So put those events in, see where they are. Second events are connect events. Now they're they're intentional events. What you're trying to do is connect Christians uh, to non-Christians, Christians to uh, the local community. So they're more than just general, you know, noise events. Uh, you actually have a name, you have contact details. Uh, it's a personal invite generally. Now that could be anything from you know a sourdough event. I've seen a um, I've seen a firm a ferment event where people talked about kombucha. I've seen terrarium events. I mean, what's, we, a, what's a terrarium? A, te- a terror. Uh, I don't even know if I'm saying but a little building a little mini greenhouse. Oh right, not like terror T E W R O R like a not Mary Elm Street kind of little uh, no, no, diorama. Ter- anyway, one of those things. Uh, but it could be a gingerbread house event. Could be a men and meat night. But the idea there is probably to have a bit of gospel contact, but also actually get Christians connecting up um, with non-Christians. The next, the next part of that calendar is the conversion engine. And so that's whatever program or system you have for people actually to find out more about the life of Jesus and to be actually asked that question, do you want to make a decision for Jesus? Uh, the other part of the event is um, it, that I talked about in that calendar is the sermon series. So sermon series is really helpful. Uh, you know, potentially having two sermon series that you put a lot of work in to actually get people to invite their friends to. So grab the calendar and map those uh, those sort of five areas out, those five features out. And we'll put in the show notes a link to a, a draft calendar for you to do that. 
Alrighty, that's great. Well, uh, we're going to stop for just a moment, and you've just mentioned something there that we're going to pick up on now. We're going to dig into the toolbox. Oh. When it uh, comes to mission planning, Scott, what have you got in your box? Well, I reckon the plenary sessions from uh, the Reach Australia 2019 conference are great, so check the show notes for those. Uh, three excellent talks are going to really press into this in a lot more detail. Uh, we've also got a mission calendar planning document. We'll put that in the show notes. That's what I've already referred to. And then finally, on our um, training.churchinabox.com, I've got a great course, a mission planning course, that I reckon everyone uh, in the church should uh, should do, especially your mission team. If you've got a mission team, get them all to do that and reflect on that together. So there's three great resources on mission planning. Yep, absolutely. That's excellent. All right. Let's push back into uh, mission planning here. I want to ask you, when you've outlined those five different areas of church life, and there's an example in a toolbox of, of how you might lay that out. Let me ask you, how much do you communicate this to church and what where an event falls? Is this an internal document, a, a public document? How do you communicate it? Yeah, I think it is an internal planning document, but I think there are some ways of communicating to people that there is a system and a process. So I think week to week in church life, the conversion engine needs to be front and center. So what I mean by that, a simple announcement. Hey, if you're new here today at church, we really want to welcome you. Uh, If you're checking out Jesus and wouldn't say that you follow Jesus, we've got a great course coming up, life course, introducing God, alpha course, whatever, whatever course you've got. Um, or we've, you know, we're meeting at someone's house uh, this week, and we're going to be reading through Mark's gospel. You want to push people towards that if they're not a Christian. If they're a Christian in the church, then you want to be pushing them uh, towards actually becoming a member, because people are going to decide for that for themselves. So have a newish night, a membership course, something that actually helps people understand. Okay, what does it mean to be a member of this church? What does it look like to be part of a small group? What does it look like to serve? What does it look like to be a generous giver in this church? You want to help people understand what that looks like. So in terms of, you know, each week, that's what you can be pointing people to do. I think it's important uh, over the course of the year to help people understand what are some of those big events that you're having. It could be a carols, could be a kids, uh, a kids event. Or also, it is hopefully just the week to week. We've got a, a great opportunity every week for people actually to see, touch, smell, sniff Christians and we do that in our Sunday gatherings. I think uh, that's a place that a lot of people don't think. Now, I'm not saying be seeker sensitive in that, but I am saying have a service that actually is aware of the outsider. Have a service that is conscious that they're going to be in the room. Uh, so think about how you do uh, some of those things in, in how you, you know, put together the flow of your service um, and as you think about you know who's in the room. It's interesting. The NCLS study that you and I both um, went to a few months back talking about how people in Australia are thinking about church and spirituality. One of the things that I identified was people are actually willing to come to church and come to church events if they know a Christian who they trust, but it is about the level of confidence they have in the church in that event. And part of this mission calendar and doing it year on year is building confidence that when you say you're going to deliver X, you deliver X. There's no kind of rope-a-dope, you know, pulling the rug out from people, a sourdough event but then we have half an hour altar call in there yep, yep it is about doing it well as opposed to doing it more 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 things that, that's uh, correct and I, and I think your your mission calendar over time will build and you'll start to see the regular activities that actually do build momentum for mission so over time it'll become apparent uh, but but there are some I've, I've seen some great videos uh, from from churches, just you know, a minute, minute and a half long. You know, here's what we're doing over Christmas. We want you to invite your friends to carols. Here's what we're doing in the summer. We want you to think about kids in your community that you can invite to this 
uh, kids event. And and then every week we've got this great service. We want you to invite your friends to church because we actually want people to know, like if I'm using my church, the life, love and freedom that's found only in Jesus. We want thousands of people in Surrey Hills to know that. You know, so that's something that just can constantly, you know, keep you know ticking that over in the in the life of the church. So even in your language now, you, I've been hearing uh, some gospel convictions coming through. How do you communicate that stuff and uh, and talk to people about this? Is not just programs; it's about gospel convictions. So you've yeah, already well. talked about confidence. You know, you talked about wanting to have people confident in the events and confident that uh, they're going to be able to bring a friend along and they're going to, and they're going to get what you've said they're going to get. Uh, we we talk a lot about training. I think that's where a lot of our default is. I speak with a lot of churches and say, here we've got these training events lined up to uh, you know to train people in how to share their uh, share their faith. I, I think those are important. But I think probably one of the most important things is is building people's convictions. And you build that mission heat week to week again in church life. You know, the, one of the the biggest engine rooms for this is your week to week preaching. You know, that's where you build a lot of mission heat. Where you talk about the urgency of the gospel. We talk about the reality of uh, heaven and hell. We talk about the, just the significance of the cross. You know, it's only in the cross that people can be saved. Uh, you've got to, as a leader of a church, as a pastor of a church, keep building that mission heat week to week. But there are other things you can do. Uh, the other things are actually celebrating stories of, of life change. You know, seeing people's lives changed and transformed by the gospel is just one of the most powerful things. Just just the other week, you know, we had a, a, a lady in our church who became a Christian really recently. She had the most fantastic story. Now, that was that was just so powerful and, and say, hey, we're all a part of this. You know, she came along to the uh, Super Christianity course. Uh, she's jumped into a community group. She's been loved in the service that she's been going to. That just encourages me. Oh, wow. Okay. People are being converted. Pe- you know, the, the gospel makes a difference. So you've alluded there again. It's not just one person doing stuff. It's not just the evangelist who's out there doing stuff. It's the whole body who's involved in this. So I keep saying mission team, mission team. I keep saying welcoming team. I keep saying your AV team. You know, often it's a person, but it needs to be a team. So we've got to keep building that team's culture. And, and I think one of the main reasons mission is done so poorly in the church is because it's driven by a pastor who, who just can't do everything. So how do you keep building that mission team around you? You know, in order to put on a really good course, you're going to need a whole bunch of people, you know, to be welcoming, hosting, uh, answering questions, putting on great food. You know, there is more to a mission course than just the person standing up front and uh, opening up the Bible. That's significant and important, but there's a whole bunch of things around it. And people want to do that. You know, they want to, they want to put on a great meal. Who, who doesn't love cooking a great meal and seeing people, you know, respond just by going, wow, this is fantastic. Yep. Yeah, and one of the challenges in this area, we're going to ask you for the one thing in a moment. One of the challenges in this area, I know in existing churches, I'm in a revitalization, but church planters that I talk to as well, one of the things we have to do is not do everything. Start small, have a plan, and build over time, not doing more, but doing the right things better uh, for that. But Scott. That sounds like the one thing. Derek. That's no. Oh, I just feel like Derek, you just take no, my thumb. Oh, oh, gee, my I'm sure you come up with a better one. So, Scott, what is the one thing people should be uh, taking away when it comes to mission planning? Consider your church calendar and consider how each of these events that you've got currently fits with the others and whether or not there's a natural flow for people to invite their friends to and for their friends to take the next step in exploring the gospel. Excellent. Beautiful. Well, let me uh, just as we close, uh, you know, one of our uh, sponsors, our partners, Blackbird Church Management. Blackbird Church Management is the only church software backed by the world's leading cloud software company powering social good. This enterprise-level solution goes beyond just managing your church. It seamlessly connects your church to your ministry all in one platform. Blackbird Church Management connects your staff, congregation, 
ensuring deeper relationships and effective ministry. To find out more, visit blackbell.com, B-L-A-C-K-B-A-U-D.C-O-M, com, and search for church management. Now, look, if you like what you heard today on The One Thing, we'd appreciate if you take a moment just to rate the show on iTunes and even leave a comment. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing. Coming up on our next episode, we're going to be talking to Mikey Lynch from the Australian Fellowship of Evangelical Students. And work out the one thing you need to know about reaching millennials. Just one thing. That's the promise. Only one. Not one by the host and then one by the talent. It's time. One thing. I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon. Chat soon.